G'day, guitar wankers. How you going, mate? How's, how's it hanging? What's going on? Uh, Troy McCubbin here, your host for Guitar Wank, episode 180. Climbing up on the old Guitar Wank scale there. Big shout out to my mate Josh from Australia. Josh, it was a pleasure hanging out with you the other day. If you do come to Los Angeles, reach out. Love to catch up. Love to meet our listeners. Have a couple of beers. Uh, we actually had a little bit more than a couple of beers. Definitely paid for it the next day. That's okay. Because I was all in the um, in the art of guitar wank. Actually, I was wondering. I got to talk to Bruce. Maybe I can claim that on the guitar wank um, account. <laughs> I didn't think of that, Bruce. You might have to back pay me, mate. <laughs> it was a big night. Uh, all right. So moving on this week. I know we forgot last week. Well, we didn't forget. We're just busy. We've got lives. Um, well, Bruce and Scott have. Anyway. But I uh, uh, apologize for that. That's why we're making up for this week with uh, the amazing... We have a drummer on. We no musicians this week, just a drummer. Oh, snap. McCubbin, you did it again. Nah, just joking. We've got Joel Taylor, amazing drummer, amazing man. He's a beautiful man. Big Joel. He's a monster behind the kit. Fucking monster. Alan Holdsworth, Yanni, <laughs> he doesn't want me to say that. <laughs> he hopes everyone forgets it, but it's still impressive to us mere mortals, Joel. We love you, mate. Um, yeah, Alan Holdsworth, drummer for a long time, and we had a great, i got to say, we had a great night with Joel. It was, uh, we did, we did knock back quite a few, uh, a lot of sipping. But uh, sipping the good stuff, we had a great time. And i got to say, that's... I think sometimes we get confused with some of our guests on Guitar Wank. Well, some guests, they just won't drink. Not that you have to drink. I'm not pushing the booze. But it definitely is a hang. It's, it's more of a conversation and uh, than an interview, you know. But, you know, we've had some Guitar Wank guests on. And it's very much they fall into that interview mode and... They don't open up and they don't let go and, you know, it's supposed to be a hang. Like, you're getting with your mates, having a few drinks, sitting on the couch, just shooting the shit, talking about stuff you love and you're really passionate about. Robin Ford was I still my favourite. That was my favourite because he walked in with a pizza, Bruce bought an amazing bottle of booze and we sat down and we just talked for hours. <laughs> Even in the end, Robin was like, don't you guys stop? Like, is there a cutoff point? No, Robin, there isn't. There's no cutoff point on Guitar Wank. We just go with the flow, mate. And he was pretty ready to get out of here. As many other of our other guests have been. But it doesn't matter because it's all about the hang. So basically, we're inviting you to hang on the couch with us. That's what it is. We are just... If you want to come and hang on the couch... This is as close as you're going to get. Um, yeah, unless you come over and uh, we catch up then. But So we got Joel in, and I believe Joel just texted me from... He's on a beach in... Where is he at? Joel's on a beach in... Oh, shit, where is he? Here he is. Uh, <laughs> Troy, I'm on a beach in the Dominican Republic. Oh, he's doing it hard. You know, he's just sitting back on the beach... Perving at the ladies walking by. <laughs> he's, he's probably not. He's married. Um, yeah, right. Uh, but 
Joel was an uh, interesting story. Joel was the drummer on the flutist shredding solo that Will Ferrell did. Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell? <laughs> Out of uh, Anchorman. Joel was the drummer. Pretty cool. I think that's pretty awesome. That's such a funny thing. You haven't seen it. Uh, YouTube it. But, um, yeah, out of the Anchorman when he goes off at the jazz club playing the flute. And we actually talked to the guy that played the flute and we might be having him on. Catisse, is it? Catisse? Buckingham? I believe his name is. Apparently he's a, he's a bad... Well, obviously he's a badass to play that flute solo. But uh, that would be fun to catch up with him. We'll just dedicate everything to the Anchorman. A great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, so anyway, we're going to do that. So we're going to have Joel Taylor on. As I said, it's a conversation. We're on the couch. We're hanging out. And sometimes people get offended with things that are said. But tough titties. You know what? Tough titties. Forward button. It's just uh, things are said in the moment. doesn't matter. Okay? We're not PG here. We don't really edit. <laughs> as you can tell. Uh, I think we had some people say, talk about Scott's rants a few weeks back about the politics and stuff. Tough titties. Just fast forward. Get over it, okay? It's just an opinion. We've all got opinions like arseholes, right? Anyway, so that's where we're at today. We're going to do Joel Taylor. Um, A big shout out for Sunday, August 18th, 2019, at the Baked Potato, Mr. Brucey Foreman. He's going to be playing the red guitar, um, I believe, uh, Sunday, August 18th. There's going to be a shitload of people there. Uh, lots of cool people are turning up. And uh, if you haven't got your tickets, it'd be a great venue to see Bruce in the, uh, the red guitar. And he's going to be doing a different. He's adding things, taking away. He's always refining the show. So you never get the same red guitar twice. So um, definitely check that out. Sunday, August 18th. I believe that's this Sunday coming up. This Sunday, you run Los Angeles. Go to Universal City to the famous baked potato. You can get your tickets online or you get them at door. You probably get them online cheaper, but you can get them at the door too. I believe he's playing two shows. So I don't know what the first show is, like 9.30 or something, then it's like 11.30 or 10. I don't know. Go to the website, thebakedpotato.com or what, what is it? What is it? It's the baked potato, yeah, the dot com. Look at me. I'm almost professional. Uh, big shout out to uh, all my Aussie mates down there in Australia. We've got a lot of listeners down under, which is fantastic. It surprises me. <laughs> but I uh, just wanted to say a big thanks to all the supporters down there um, in Australia looking after us and spreading the word. People like Josh. Fantastic, mate. Um, and Bruce also told me what else I had to say here. Oh, on this uh, episode here, I think I'll play it. I might play it just after this long uh, intro. Bruce caught up with, uh, well, a special guest. So we'll play that little snippet and you guys can hear it. That'll be fun. Uh, big, big, gigantic news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are finally giving away the Quilter Amp. Yes. So go to Patreon account. Sign up, Patreon slash GuitarWank or whatever it is. You can find it on GuitarWank.com. Find it there under one of the subjects. Go there, go to Patreon, sign up, and then you'll be in the winning for the Quilter Amp. In the draw for the winning. 
Well, you could be the winner. So uh, check that out. We are going to do that in August. Oh, shit, Sherlock. It's August now. So I think we're going to do that with uh, Scott and Bruce the next time they're in. So um, look out for that. We're giving away a quilter amp. One of those amps that's really, really loud and really, really small. So it fits in your back pocket. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's all I had to talk about. Guitarwank at gmail.com. If you have a gripe, or you're pissed off, or you're annoyed, or you want to give us some advice, or tell us a joke, or just say how much you love us. Um, Guitar Wank. Yeah, 180 episodes, folks. Still going strong. Uh, we're looking to get Steve Vai. What else are we looking to get? Oh, we've got a bunch of, bunch of great episodes coming up. Can't wait. Bob's your uncle. Say. So let's get into it. Let's get into Joel Taylor, who's sitting in, was it, Dominican Republic on the beach? Bastard. I wonder, don't even know who he's playing with. But um, he had some Alan Holdsworth stories. That's good stuff. It was a good night. I really enjoyed it with Joel. He was fun. Entertaining guest. That's what we're looking for, peoples. <laughs> all right. Shut up, McCubbin. Get on with it. Uh, all right. We'll do that. We'll, we'll do that. And then we'll give away the quilter amp. I just talked to Scott today. Next episode with Scott, he has asked me to, uh, to do a bit of an interview on Scott, on his album. Um, and if you haven't got his album, People Mover. It's an amazing album. Go get it. Scotty Henderson. He even put all those little pieces on that guitar on the album cover. So um, go check it out. But if you have the album... Send us some questions, because I'm going to be asking some... I'm going to go deep on this one. We're going to go deep inside the Scott Henderson People Mover Mover album. We're not going to be talking about what pedals he used or what amp he used. Like, really, a man can play through a shoebox and sound amazing. It doesn't matter. We're going to get to the meat of how he did this album. Why? Why, Scott? Why did you do Transatlantic or Primary Location all aboard? So uh, we're going to get deep with Scotty Anderson. Uh, that'll be next episode, hopefully. Next week. Yeah, next week. And we'll give away the culture amp. We've got Sean McGowan coming up. If you don't know Sean, go to True Fire. I just discovered Sean. Get on you, Sean. You're like a legend, mate. You're an amazing guitar player. Uh, he's got some great episodes on True Fire. And um, as a lot of our uh, Jeff McElane. Jeff, we've got to get you on, mate. You've got to come out. David Grissom, I want David Grissom would be great. Brent Mason, I'm off to see Brian Setzer at uh, on my birthday this year at the Stray Cats. It's going to be great to get Brian Setzer, but I do know Bruce knows the bass player really well. We should get him. All these people I want to get, I just got to get schedules organised. It's really difficult. We don't really do the phone in. You got to be on the couch. Cool guitar wing. All right, I think I've ranted enough. I've wasted enough of your precious time. All right, let's get into it. Bruce, over to you, mate. Who's your special guest? Okay, I'm here with Phyllis Kessel, woman, dear woman, dear friend of mine, Barney's widow. And she was telling a funny story about when I worked with Barney. Oh, do we remember what year it is? 
Oh, I don't think I do. <laughs> it would take a few minutes for yeah, I me think to it was come. Probably early nineties, maybe. Uh, would that be sound about right? Um, Late eighties. No, no. He had a stroke in nineteen ninety-two. Uh, it was uh, the late 80s. Okay. Yeah, because that's when uh, I was on the road with him, so to speak. And we were in Northern California. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was driving him around. He was a terrible driver, so I always drove. And um, we were staying at a hotel somewhere near Half Moon Bay and going to a gig where he was going to play with Bruce yeah. Foreman. Well, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I'll never forget, uh, we left, Barney and I left the hotel, and he didn't get in the front seat with me like he usually did. He got in the back seat, and all the way to that gig, which was, a, I think, a Sunday afternoon gig. Right, right. at the Bach Dancing and Dynamite. In right, Bay. out yeah. in Half Moon Bay, a wonderful little place. But all the way there from our hotel till I drove, you know, into the uh, gig there at the Half Moon Bay, he was sitting in the back seat playing the guitar, practicing. <laughs> <laughs> so he was going to a gunfight, it sounds like. Uh, I think he was. And it was the most spectacular gunfight. I'll never forget watching Barney and Bruce play. It was exceptional. Oh, that's great. Just Thank you for telling me that story. Oh, I... I didn't think you'd ever heard it. No? Well, you know, now everybody's going to hear it. And we love you, Phyllis, and thank you. And I love you. So I love you, too. Good night, Irene. Most importantly, super excited because tonight, after trying and trying and trying, <coughs> we finally managed to get Joel Taylor out of the TB ward. They wouldn't <laughs> let him out, but, <laughs> but, but it looks like we got you out, man. So For sure. Welcome, Joel Taylor, to Guitar Joel Wing. Taylor. Thank you. Happy to be here. And what instrument do you play again? What is it? <laughs> yeah. He plays I'm drums. Drummer. He doesn't play an instrument. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Starting, oh, off, starting off heavy. Right? <laughs> Man, it is a pleasure. I'm such a fan of your playing and, no, and, thank you. and what you do, sir. Yeah. And um, yeah, a little bit last time I saw, what was the gig you guys played out? Oh, I did 1881. Yeah, that was it. 1881 in Pasadena. Yeah. 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 That's a regular? Yeah, you? it's kind of like my, turned into my Friday night residency. Is it? Yeah. So I mix I mix it up every week. I have different trios and sometimes quartets. Yeah. And I always like to get Bruce in there as often as I can. And yeah. I've actually asked Scott a few times as, as well. 
Oh, uh, but he was preparing for for his record, so he at the the last time I asked. So, oh, so he was yeah. Yeah, he kind of he, he kind of leaves Earth at yeah. that point. I How understand. does Scott go with that gig? Because I know he he likes to play loud, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. As you like to play loud, right? I I like to play whatever. Whatever's in the moment. Yeah. yeah if yeah. I need to play loud, absolutely. Yeah. I love playing loud. Yeah. But I also like to play soft. I, you know, yeah. I like to listen. He, play, yeah. he plays <laughs> yeah. good, basically. Yeah. That's, good. that's the thing about <clears throat> Where did you grow up? I'm, I'm going to go backstory a little bit oh. on you. Well, I grew up in uh, the jazz tropolis of Wyoming. <laughs> oh, oh you're, so you're the you're the jazz musician from Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, I, I grew up in a town of about five thousand. There's three professional musicians within my hometown. Um, wow. Uh, one that came out here, a trombone player, about yep. ten years older than me. He was a studio trombone player named John Bone uh, Bonine. Bonine, right? That's a good name. Oh, for I almost a said Bonham. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good name for a bone player. Yeah, yeah. Bonine. Exactly. And uh, my best buddy that I grew up with, uh, we were both trumpet players, actually. Um, and he went on to be uh, uh, second trumpet player with uh, Buddy Rich Band, split lead wow. player. Yeah. Damn. So there was some talent there in that little town. Well, we, cool. how, we ta- how many people in the town? Like, like. 5,000. Oh, wow. I think so it's gone down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like 4,500 now, I, I believe. <laughs> wow. But yeah, not not much jazz. You know, I just, I grew up, uh, my older brother was a drummer, so I kind of followed in his footsteps. He was like five years older. So when I was about seven, I took up, you know, kind of in his footsteps. And then when I got to be 10, mom said, okay, enough. Enough drums. I'm going to get you a trumpet, which she didn't realize that the it's trumpet loud, was yeah. equally, if not louder, than the drums. Yeah. So, so then I was really a trumpet player for ten years or so. Oh damn! You know that was my main axe and yep. weekend drummer, sort of thing. So, I was more into the rock and roll side growing up, and till about high school, and then I started getting into, you know, Billy Cobham, Tony Williams, that that sort of thing. Yeah, on that side of jazz. Now you were still back in your hometown. Yeah, yep. still back in Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when did when it when did it go <laughs> get all serious and you leave leave hometown? Well, I decided when I was about fourteen, I I, I wanted to be Doc Severinsen, right? <laughs> oh, yep. cool. And move move to LA and be a studio trumpet player. That happened when I was fourteen. So I got serious on the trumpet when I was fourteen. Um, then I graduated. You know. Uh, went to University of Wyoming, and there I decided that trumpet, I probably wasn't going to be Doc Severinsen anymore. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was having a bunch of armature problems, so I said, okay, you know what? I, I have no physical limitations on the drums, so I'm, I'm either going to quit music, which really wasn't an option, or change to drums. It was a really hard decision, but I'm glad I did it. Cool. Except every night when I have to schlep my gear. <laughs> right. So <laughs> then like, you realize how many trumpet players weren't on the gig. Yeah. Just playing. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Wow. So, so yeah, then, then uh, yeah, I went to University of Wyoming for, for a year, you know, playing trumpet. And then I took a year off and decided I was going to go to Berkeley and study drums and uh, audio recording. And, and you did Engineering, that? yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. What year are we for, talking uh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> that was uh, 1979 
when I when I went to Berkeley. Wow, how was yeah. this? I mean, I didn't even know when Berkeley started. Oh, when, they were in the sixties. In the sixties. In the sixties, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And there was a, was there a lot of other obviously talent coming out of that school at it that was time too. Killer talent really? at the time. Yeah. Uh, Drummer wise, there was Tommy Campbell was was there. Smitty Smith, we had actually oh, auditioned the, the same day. Really? Uh, Tane was there. Jeff Watts. Um, yeah. Jay Bellarose was there, wasn't he, at the same time? I'm not sure. He could have been. I think he was. Yeah. With Smitty? Really... It was Smitty and, Tane, and Jeff Tane Watts yeah. and Joel. We had yeah. Smitty on the show. Smitty was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we that was it, it was a it was awesome. Branford was there for a little bit, yeah. you know. Uh, Kevin Eubanks, okay. uh, just you know, Stern was hanging out. I mean, he wasn't in school anymore, but he was, you know, he was playing at a yeah. club down the street. I think called Michaels. Right. And uh, we used to go see him. And Berlin was still kind of hanging out. And, yeah. You right. know, so it was a great experience. I mean, you know, coming from. Wyoming to to there. I, I remember my my parents actually drove with me. It was an agonizing drive, <laughs> five five days in the car, oh, and we crazy. got we got to to Berkeley. And it was like, where's the fucking campus? <laughs> it's got to be because you know we're used to Western campuses with grass and shit. Yep. This is an urban campus. It's one building, and then they have another building like a block away, and then there's a dorm that you know looks like a roach motel. <laughs> Uh, down the block, yeah. so it was like, where is this thing? Anyway, <laughs> it was quite an experience. It was, uh, and that it was, was a great. Was that the first time, like, out of state? No, no. I, okay. I'd, I'd gone out uh, when I was still playing trumpet. I uh, I went out a couple of times actually playing. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. I actually played Carnegie Hall when I was sixteen. Damn. Uh, on trumpet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was in McDonald's All American Band, so. I gotta, hey, I gotta do good. that. And I was in a Tyrolean, uh, you know, polka band. It's uh, <laughs> doing dance and and playing music and and all that. I was the lead trumpet player in that. So, wow. and we traveled. You know, that's when I was fourteen. So we used to. Damn, that's pretty I, cool. I had some, I had some road experience, yeah. but it wasn't wasn't real city kind of stuff. Do so. you still play trumpet? I do. Uh, Every now and then, yeah. Like yep. not, I'm a, I'm really a trumpet owner. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, um, but I I did a session about a year ago. Right. A, a real session went went on a record for a producer guitar player named Doug Bossy. You know Doug? No, I don't. He's great, great. You know, producer yep. and and guitar player. Anyway, he did this. Uh, it was a tribute to uh, Louis Armstrong. Oh, and wow. although I sounded much more like Miles on it because I had to. Uh, Harmon mute and stuff, mm. but anyway, so yeah, and actually, I got called, believe it or not, about two hours ago for a, for a session <laughs> this this weekend for a friend of mine. Wow! That Danny Carey is yep. he's playing drums on, from you know Tool. Yep. Drummer, <clears throat> and it's uh, a group that he has with uh, a film producer called Jimmy Hayward, and okay. Jimmy called me up and said, Joel, you got to come over and play trumpet. I said, Dude, it's got to be easy shit. And he said. Yeah, just background lines. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Fantastic. I can do that. As long as it, the range isn't super high, yep. yeah. I'm good. That, wow, I mean, that, how about that? That's going to have help, <coughs> helped in, with your drumming? Having oh, that, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... That knowledge? I'll, yeah. That yep. for, for some reason, I, I was a really good reader right off the bat. Right. I mean, when I was in fourth grade, still playing 
just drums at the time. I was doing rudimental, like serious rudimental stuff. So I don't know. I don't know how I learned how to read. I just did. But wow. But yeah, and then when I got playing trumpet, all the classical stuff. Because yep. I was really a classical guy who kind of crossed over. Um, and then I got, you know, into Freddie Hubbard and yeah. started transcribing that kind of stuff when I was like 14, 15. So that really Damn. helped my reading. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And my ears. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so once, how long were you at Berkeley for? I was there for two and a half years. Right. Yeah. And then did you come straight out here? or did you No, I went, I actually went to New York. Okay. I went to New York. Um, I actually had an apartment out here because I, I, that was the goal was to come out here and, uh, you know, start playing in the studios. Yep. Um, but that didn't happen. My girlfriend at the time who became my wife got a uh, management gig in Jersey. And it was right across. It was like in uh, Pacific Palisades. So No, not, not Pacific. Oh, Boca. Pa- um, I'm sorry. Uh Palisades Park. Yeah, Palisades Park. Right. Down in Palisades yeah, Park. No. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, you know, it was like a 20-minute bus ride in, into the city. So I'm like, okay, it's either we split up now or I go check out the city. So I did. And I, we stayed like about a year and a half. Right. And then I still had the bug to come out here. And uh, and she, was, she wasn't liking her, her gig, so. Right. And, we, and then we came out. Came so that was like 84. 84. Yeah. Uh, you were playing a lot in New York then? I was playing I was playing a fair amount, but not the kind of gigs I wanted to do. I was right. doing a lot of top 40 kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, then, I, like right at the end, the last three or four months, I started getting some more jazz calls. Yeah. And I used to go hang at the Blue Note, the Ted Curson thing, oh, yeah, like the, the, the super hours. late night <laughs> Yeah, the after you know, hours jam two session. to four, and I'll I'll always remember this. I stepped on my weenie really hard. <laughs> uh, they called uh, moments notice, and of course moments notice is like A B A C. Yep. That the last part is being extra? a fourteen yeah. bar thing, and I really didn't know it. <laughs> and when it came it came to trade, you know, the then it was my turn. I got a. You're supposed to play the 14, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I just kind of, I stepped on my dick pretty hard that night. Although I, I did recover, but I went, I made, I went straight home and I learned that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> and I nail it now. I, yeah. just, I love that tune. It's one of my favorite tunes. But you know, you got to put the fear in you. Yeah. <laughs> were they were they sort of looking back or? What? Oh yeah, it was kind of yeah. like what the fuck? rookie, <laughs> yeah. rookie. You know, country bumpkin, go back home. <laughs> Uh, but what, I, what year was that? Eighty two. That, that was that was like eighty three. <clears throat> yeah, end of eighty two, eighty three. Yep. I got I got to tell you though, what one of the great stories, and, and I know I'm well. Go, it's kind of tell it. Yeah. I met through my my, my friend uh, who I grew up with in Wyoming became split lead player, uh, trumpet player on a buddy band. Yep. So I got to meet Dave Carpenter, and I got to meet. Uh, Bill Cunliffe mm-hmm. and all the cats that used to, you know, play in the buddy band. So every time, and, and Lee Musiker, the great, yeah. you know, pianist. Yeah. Um, so every time they would come to town, they would stay at the Paramount Hotel. Um, like, I think it was 46th and between 7th and 8th. So I'd go and pick them up. 
and I'd bring them out. I'd make them come play with me. Actually, I didn't really have to make them, but they, yeah. they were kind enough. And that was my, that was my wow. learning trio. That's really when I, I was shedding like, you know, eight hours a day. I didn't have time in school to shed that much, but yeah. at that, that was my real, you know, period to get my shit together yeah. when, when I moved to New York. And, you know, those guys were in town every couple of months. So, you know, they, they, they actually, this is a true story, they did my first demo for a six-pack of Miller <laughs> each. <laughs> true. Oh, man. It was hilarious. <laughs> so, we, they, and I, th I think, actually, Bill wrote a tune called Joel's Attic <laughs> that uh, we recorded and, you know. Wow, man. Used to, cause that, you know, it was a three-story house. I had the upper two. Yep. So... I used to, uh, we used to shed up there, and we were all into the yellow jackets at the time, so we called ourselves the mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, anyway. So you move out here to L.A. Where did you guys end up settling down in L.A.? Well, like most people um, in Hollywood. In Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, for a year. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then quickly realized. And then, yeah, about a year later, we found rent control in Santa Monica. Oh, damn. And yep. so we moved out there, and, you know, it was like 450 for a one-bedroom apartment, a big one-bedroom apartment. Wow. It was killing. Yep. It was on Lincoln. Uh, so what's the club that's there right there now? Um, uh not the Loa, that old place, the Loa. No. No, I mean... It, it used it, to call Big John's, and it was a super dive. Uh, <clears throat> I got some good stories about that, that, that one, place? too. <laughs> about that place. It's a easy place. Uh, no, it was just... Uh, not the... Uh, um, it's a Lincoln, uh, Lincoln and just one block south of Pico. Oh, okay. okay. I know the area. <clears throat> I can't think of the place, but yeah. Anyway, they, they have... You know they have jazz and others. Yeah. Sinisi plays and yep. and uh, Coriel Julian when he comes to town. Yeah. So you were you were you were hanging there anyway. and playing a lot. Oh uh, well, be, this was it, it just happened. I mean that yep. the apartment that we found was was right there. It was before it was a you know a club. Right. It was just that's a good part of town. Just a little too, bar. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then was it L.A. session scene, or was it scoring a big gig? No, no, it was just come here and hustle my butt off. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was, it's yeah. tough. It's tough to come here. I knew one person, you know. <laughs> he was a guitar player that I, I went to school with, Bennett Brandeis. Yeah. But uh, I came here. Bennett Brandeis? Yeah, do you know Bennett? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I haven't seen him in forever, though. Yeah. I, when I first moved here, I kind of knew him. But I have, is he, I don't even know what he's doing anymore. I never see his name I, anymore. Yeah, I, I did his record a couple of years ago. Oh, so he's still okay. Paul Brown produced it. Good, yeah. so he's still, he's, still doing something. He's doing, yeah, doing, doing all right. Actually, I knew two people, I'm sorry. Uh, the other guy was a guy named Rich Rodriguez, who's a bassist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those were my contacts, and I just, you know, I did odd jobs. I, I worked at a, a records, remember those? And... <laughs> and uh, CD packaging uh, facility. Oh wow! Over uh, Olympic and like Thirteenth. Yep. It's called Sounds Good Music, and we used to ship, you know, records. We'd we'd uh, do the shrink wrap. Right. So I did that four hours a day, 
like four days a week, sometimes five, and then I would just practice and hustle the rest of the time. Yep. So I did that for like a year and a half or so, and then uh, then I started getting into the scene a little bit and started doing some, you know, at least top 40 things. And then my first break really in the jazz scene was uh, a gig at Bon Appetit. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember that. It was in Westwood, like back in the 80s. And uh, it was Brian Bromberg and Ernie Watts and Kay Akagi. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 Breckline was in the band and he couldn't do the date. You know, so Brian, uh, we'd done some play down sessions at Dick Grove School of Music. Yeah, yeah. Right? Where you come in, they hire professionals uh, to come in and read the students' charts. So, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I was doing. That was my studio work at the time. Anyway, Brian happened to be on one of those sessions, and, you know, we hung out, took my number, and so from that, it just kind of snowballed. It, then I, I actually, I did that gig, and then Brian said, well, Tom's pretty busy. You want to keep doing it? I said, of course. And, you know, what a fantastic band. Yeah. yeah. With Ernie and Kay and, and Brian, you know, still playing upright and, and bass bass. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It was, it was killing. So they, you know, it was good. I, did, I just, you know, I got a lucky break there. So. Yeah. And then from that, People, you know, then they had a vehicle where people could come and see me. I and said, "Okay, I'm I'm here," yeah. and then I started getting, you know, more gigs and finally kind of worked Get my in way there. way into that scene. Yeah. Was it yeah. was it? Um, did you start doing a lot of session work? Like, did that sort of take not, off? Or was more no, no, it was more the live thing. Yeah. But then I started recording with the artists that I was playing. Like, I got into Hustal Mario's band. Yeah. It's a great saxophonist. I did his album. Got into Rob Mullen's band. I did several albums with him. Uh, at Brian, I probably done, I don't know, ten or twelve albums with him. Was, and, Bi- was Brian producing records back then? No, yeah. not back then. Yeah. yeah. But now, now he is, yeah. and you know, I mean. We've stayed in touch, you know. He's he got me on the David Foster stuff years, you know, years later. Wow, which was really amazing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Brian's a good bro. That's cool. <clears throat> and what was um, what was the first the tour that took you took you traveling? Um, probably with Brian. Yeah, I, I I think. Yeah, we you know we used to he used to do a fair amount of touring. I don't I don't know. If that's yep. still happening, I'm sure it is. But, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, it was probably an East Coast tour or maybe even Southwest tour. I know we, we used to do Phoenix a lot. Well, There's yeah, a club he, called Chewy's. Tu- isn't he from He's from, from Tucson? Tucson, yeah. Right. So yeah. we would hit Tucson, we'd hit Phoenix, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with him on the road there. So, oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, cool. And then we'd go up, uh, there was a place called Wild Blue in Fresno. Right. Remind me to tell you a story about that. Oh, no. Maybe I can't. Go ahead. Tell it no, no, Oh, tell dude. You're going to go tell into it. No, I can't. Yeah, no, you can't. Come on. Oh, man. He's going to kill me. Ah, you can't. Come on. Well, you know what? You he wasn't, he wasn't married then. There was a certain saxophonist on the gig. I can't say who it is. Right. Because he's going to kill me. Kenny G? <laughs> no. Great. Burning. You played. Sounded, sounded a lot like John Coltrane. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so we're at the Wild Blue, right? One of one of the, our first tours, and we're still we're shacking up, double, double, shack, you know. Yeah. T- 
two to a room. It's like, right. you know, we're young. And uh, we get to the Wild Blue. Yeah, and, when you, you get know, old now, they put you in three to a room. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's one. Uh, anyway, so we're, so we're on a gig, and uh, it, was, it was like last tune of the first set. And saxophonist is like, super good looking dude. Um, it keeps making eye contact with this check out. This is, you know, it's kind of a smooth jazz gig, right? right. Even though we're, Brian's gig was a little different because we really, we could blow on that gig. Right. You know, it yeah. was, it was, and there were, he had great players in the band and, you know, everybody soloed their asses off. Anyway, so saxophone players, check it out, this check. The, the whole set, you know, we're all going like, duh. What? Ah, I didn't say. No, you go ahead. Anyway, this is guitar way. Yeah, okay. No one listens. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, no one like, listens. Anyway. What the fuck, man? What? Anyway, so he comes up to me. He said, "Joel, play a long solo." Right? I said, "Why?" He said, "Just play a long solo." <laughs> so I played this long solo. All of a sudden, Dud, Dud disappears. Goes in the bathroom. Has his way with the chick. <laughs> yeah. Comes out like ten minutes later. You know, he's like peeking out. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> I swear to God, it was like he came back. He was all like zipping up. Yeah, yeah, it was like, just, what just happened, dude? Man, man, anyway, that was your first porno soundtrack. That was the first porno soundtrack, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, you gotta edit that name out. You will kill me. Uh, but he wasn't married that. back then. Yeah. So. yeah, right, right. It was back in the way. Anyway, that was that was like holy cow. I, you are my hero, dude. On the bandstand, on the but drum is, solo. That is so him. That is so him. That when you think about it, that is so him. Oh. Yeah. I mean he you know, he once we were in a recording it was his recording session, so and we were doing it and he said, Let's play a duo. You know? Yeah. I said okay. I think he called some whatever tune it was. Fall in love with it, whatever. And he and he proceeds to play the shit out. It plays this long solo, right? And then it's I, time for me to kill some time. Although I don't know what I'm supposed to do after he <clears throat> proceeded to rape the song. You know, just played everything you can possibly play over it. I figure I'll just like, you know, double part for a while for him to come back in. He goes out of the booth. Looks looks at his phone. Goes out of the booth. Walks out of the studio. Never came back. What? <laughs> the tune just sort of, I just stopped playing. While you're tracking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I he's mean, so, like, I play for a minute, I play for two minutes, I play for three, and then it's like. He's so brilliant, man. <laughs> he's, he's a brilliant player. He's got, he's ridiculously smart. But yeah, he has those moments yeah. where it just like. He gets distracted he's, by he's, a shiny object. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, dude? It was, it was so funny. I mean, I, I didn't even get mad. It was just like. Well, if he, I don't, maybe he's even used it, and he just sort of like faded out on the guitar solo or something. You know, like, I mean, it was like he's like, okay, I'll. He's not coming. Okay, fuck this, you know. <laughs> I mean, didn't even I didn't even bother to end the tune. You know, I was wow. like, you know, <laughs> fizzle out. <laughs> we love Doug. Yeah. Oh man, that's fantastic. Yeah. We should, we should get Doug on the show. Oh, we uh, we, we, will. Sh- you we will. should. We will. And then he's going to but tell stories the- about me. The <laughs> fuck? No, no, but get, he's, he's going to do up. the same thing, man. He'll look at his phone and walk oh. out the door, and that'll be the end. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of jazz then? Yeah. So I, you know, I was doing a lot of jazz. I mean, I, I always, I'm, I'm not 
I never set out to be a great jazz player. I set out to be a studio musician. Right. So my thing is more, I, I like all different styles, but I like to really dive deep in them. And I, and I want to, when I play jazz, I want to sound like a jazzer. I don't yeah. want to sound like a rock guy right. who, who crosses over. You know, always and, said, and, op, and opposite. Bruce has always said that about you. Like when you play in the style, you're, you're that guy. No, you know, you really, you really are. I mean, you're a jazz drummer. There's no, it's well, not, thank you. and there are, and there are numerous guys who are really great at either the rock thing or the fusion thing or the funk thing. You know, who you can tell that's what their thing is, yeah. and, and they're playing jazz. I mean, you not only do you have the feel and the sound. Oh well, thanks. You also understand the language. I mean, you, there's the responses to certain ways of playing. You know, just just our language. You know that we speak on the right. bandstand. And you get all that, you know, and you know you got it. That's definitely, you know. Oh, I appreciate it. And uh, did you, when did the when did you started playing like more pop and rock stuff? Did that start coming up like tours and sessions? Well, uh, on drums, like it, like I said in the beginning, I was really a a rock like a rudimental drummer and a rock drummer starting out. Right. So my first influences when I was ten you know, 11, 12, whatever, were John Bonham mm -hmm. and Mitch Mitchell, yep. who's really a jazz drummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, both those guys had that vocabulary, yeah. you know. Um, and and um, Ginger yep. <clears throat> Baker. And, and oh, I thought you were talking about... Uh, you know, <coughs> about uh, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> Ginger. Dude, I used to watch that. <laughs> okay. Every... okay, I got a question for you yes. guys. Ginger or Marianne? Oh, I always younger Marianne, but maybe older now. Yeah, okay, but I no, think maybe oh, Ginger. Yeah, I, Marianne. Marianne. I, I don't yeah. think I've ever met a person who said Ginger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marianne had that rack. But, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, come on. It's just like the girl next door versus the high maintenance yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no we, was, nobody wants we that. All had, we live here. We, we all had have, much we better sense when we were younger. Yes. <laughs> But I did go through a moment. What was that old, the old lady, the old rich and, lady? And, and just think about it. Ginger not only was on Mikhail's name, but she played in Cream. You know, I mean, that's pretty amazing. What? <laughs> did you ever meet Ginger Baker? Huh? Did you ever meet uh, Ginger? I'm trying to think. I know his son very well, right. Kofi. Um, my God, there's that's a great story. There's stories. The oh great my. documentary of, on Ginger. If you've oh seen. boy, the stuff I've read about that cat is oh, just out. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't read that stuff when I was a kid because I was yeah, like, it would have really Fuck turned me off guy. to it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. as He's a dad, crazy. Uh, according, yeah, yeah. Kofi's a sweetheart. Yeah, he, he's great. Um, takes takes care of himself. Yeah. Uh, is Ginger but, still with us? Yes, he is. He's, He's living in, in Italy or something, right? Well, he was living in South Africa, South but, Africa but, yeah. but no, he moved, though. I yeah. think he's back in Europe somewhere. Yeah, so, he yeah, was probably. in Italy when I was touring around a lot. Everybody, yeah. A lot of guys I knew knew him. I never met yeah. him. Carp Carp and I, um, I'm jumping Yeah, here, jump. But uh, Carp meaning David, David Carpenter, Carpenter yeah. who's uh, my, buddy, my buddy for many years on... Uh, on the bass. Anyway, we used to play this game. It's like, okay, drum drum beat. Like, it's kind of hard. It's like, okay, do a drum beat and guess the song, right? <laughs> right. This is, it's not like you're doing harmony or right. melody, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, what is this? What is that? 
right? <laughs> Sunshine of your love. It's a backwards fucking beat, right? Yep, yep. It's so cool because yep. the snare is on one and three. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. But it, we used to, yeah. Do all that kind of shit. Get high and do all that kind of stuff. What's, um, when, oh. I, when I first heard about you, Joel, you were with Yanni, I think. Oh, God, you had to say it. <laughs> Oh, I knew it was coming oh, I up. Didn't, I didn't know about your sensitive side. <laughs> Am I insensitive? You knew I was with him, though. Right? No, I didn't. But really? Oh, no, you know, I don't, I don't know about a lot Dude. of things. You know, I was in prison all those years. <laughs> uh, yes, I did. No, I that? did Yanni. I, no, I, I, I didn't do Yanni. <laughs> I played with the guy. <laughs> Come on, is that, is that guy? He's a trip or what? <clears throat> I mean, he's a trip. Yeah, yeah. He's. Is uh, that an interesting gig? It was interesting monetarily, <laughs> and it was interesting touring-wise. Yeah. It was fantastic. We had, how many tour buses did we have? We had a, 11 tour buses. Or oh, fuck. It was ridiculous. We had 111 people with us. We, there was 60 in the orchestra. There was 55 crew or whatever, you know. Yeah. Something, 60 crew. It was, it was incredible. We did... Uh, you know, it was very well organized. We had a couple of great tour managers. Mark St. Louis, who's married to uh, Patrice Russian. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. My favorite tour manager ever. Yeah. He got his shit together. Just amazing. We were the band, the, the core band got up to fly, uh, fly business everywhere. Oh, damn. Only tour or only contract or band I ever had a retainer on wow. for three years. So, the wow. downside is it uh, of that is I lost the uh, the Holdsworth recording uh, sixteen minute taint because oh. I went out on tour with Yanni and I I had to go out and I couldn't come oh. back so he had you know Carp I got Carp on the gig but then Carp ended up getting Novak well we yeah. both kind of did yeah and uh, then you know so Novak got to got to do the album which sounds fucking amazing yeah yeah yeah. But wow. but that's the only downside that you know. I actually I I bought a house. I bought I I have a house up in Big Bear that I do Airbnb now. That's oh, we're gonna that, talk. I just from got that, maybe from you, that maybe tour. I just got back from Big Bear today. Oh really? Me and the missus went oh. up for July Fourth, and we were like, oh. we have to get a cabin up here. Yeah, I man. want a cabin so bad. I've had like, a cabin up there since I think I I bought it right after the tour was done. Oh, we're I, I stashed a bunch of cash. I, I bought it cash. Brain. Yeah. Wow, love it. I bought it in '98, I think. Oh, wow. '97, '98. Never look back. Love it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I don't get up there that much anymore, and you know, thank God Airbnb came along. Yep. So that's kind of what I'm doing with it now. But if I need to go up and and chill, it's right there. It's, it's two and, and a half. Especially hours. from out, out <coughs> it's even closer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For you, it's closer. Yeah, it's not bad. Like at night, I usually go up like. Two two o'clock in the morning, I'll put on Art Bell. Well, the Art's not doing it anymore, but yeah. whoever's doing it now, and you know the aliens and shit, the <laughs> UFOs, and I'm driving by myself up the hill, and I start seeing shit. And like, <laughs> it's always always fun. Oh man, yeah. Me, me and the missus were just the, all the way back. Oh, we're gonna find out how to get a cabin. This oh is yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I fell in love with the place. So yeah, that's great. So Yanni was how long with Yanni? It was, I was with him. The contract was like three years. Yeah. It was actual wow. contract country. I had lawyers look at it and, you know. And toured the whole, everywhere, I the, imagine. We toured 
everywhere. Not not a lot of. Not, I don't even think we did Europe, but we did. Oh wow. We did uh, the first thing, the first two things that his agenda was to do videos. He likes these monumental places, so we did Taj Mahal. Yeah. And we did the Forbidden City. Wow. And those were amazing. Yeah. Got and especially well. No, they were they were both amazing, you know, in their own, their own ways. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when uh, I've always wanted to hike the Himalayas. Yeah. So we when when we went to India, that was I think my third time to India. I'd been there with Subramaniam a couple of times before that, but then we actually had like six weeks off in between Whoa. the China gig. Oh wow! So I said, okay, I'm going to the Himalayas. And I'm gonna fucking trek. What? So that's what I did. I you trekked. I trekked for a month fuck. with, that, with me and I. I got a little, you know, a, a Sherpa. He wasn't an actual Sherpa guy, but he knew his way around. And we did what's called a tea house trek. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's that? Uh, it's basically where you you get into the mountains and you you know you hike like eight hours a day yep. or whatever you feel like. That's what it ended up being. And uh, at the end of the day, you find a house, uh, a host, yep. somebody to stay with. So you stay with the families. So you get to meet the people wow. and their kids and everything. And it was like, I, I just remember, it was my favorite vacation ever. And I've been, you know, a lot of great places. But this place, like, I, I just remember what... Starting off, okay, let's go. So I'm <laughs> hiking, you know, really fast, and my my guide says, "Slow down." <laughs> just, you know, we're just gonna go really easy, at, you know, blah, blah blah. So really, it it ended up being this month meditation almost, like step, step, step. Wow. Step, and we're climbing, right? We yeah. do a couple of thousand feet a, every day. We started off. Uh, well, I flew to, uh, I can't remember the Kathmandu. lake now. No, that's, yeah, I flew from New Delhi to Kathmandu. Right. Originally, and then from there, oh, Pokhara. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, so I flew to Pokhara. Then you have to acclimate, you know, the, the higher you get. So yeah. that was about 8,000 feet or something. So I did a couple of day, day hikes there, which is super fun. Yeah. I met all these young little kids, these grade school kids coming back from school and I was like totally lost. He said, oh, we'll show you how to get up there. So at the end, <laughs> I had like eight little kids, yep. girls and, and guys, uh, probably 10 years old, yep. right? They took me to the top of the mountain and uh, <laughs> they said, okay, can we please have a soda? So it was like the cutest thing ever. Wow. It was like I fell in love with the, with the kids over there yes. and the people, I yeah. mean, in general. Just they have nothing, right? It's just... So going, going back, just this amazing vacation where you just kind of, you know, it's it's you just kind of become, you know, and I mean, I don't want to sound Yanni-ish, <laughs> but you kind of, you know, you get into nature, yeah, and, you yeah. know. And growing up in Wyoming, I was always into nature. Yeah, I always yeah. used to fish and go out and hike and stuff so wow. it was a great vacation i so, highly recommend it so the, hike for a month yeah in nepal yeah and how fit were you at the end i was super fit and yeah. it that, yeah i lost like 20 
I know you're looking at me. Now, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lost twenty some pounds. Yeah, I didn't feel hungry once the whole time because when you're hiking and when you when you're in an elevation, you lose your appetite. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. It's great. It's the best way to wow to yeah, lose weight. Yeah, and it's, you can't breathe either. So you well, <laughs> that's the other thing. I mean, I was gonna go to base camp uh, to Annapurna. That was my goal. Yeah. But we got like, you know, halfway up there. And this is springtime, like March, mid-March. And my guide and I, were, were, we got up in the morning. Okay, we're going there. And all of a sudden, avalanche, 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 everywhere. Wow. And, and he goes, do you really want to do this? He said, it's, it's really dangerous. I mean, we could, we could have been on the, you know, yeah. under that thing. So we changed the, the route. Yeah. You know, but it was still... It wow. was amazing. I mean, I, I got up to like 16,000 feet, which is way know, too high. It's pretty high. That's uh, pretty hard to breathe, right? It's pretty like, hard to breathe. Yep. That <clears throat> yep. Wow. But what an experience. So that was, that was one of the great perks from the, from the Yanni. Yanni yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then of course, be, you know, Beijing and, and all that. It's great. Places, that was, it? It's the best way to, to see the world was when you're touring. I, I always try to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's usually when I, when I do my vacations, if, if I can get a week off afterwards, I will stay somewhere, especially if it's somewhere cool. Yeah. You know, I've done that in Italy. I've done it Tahiti, you know, wherever. Yeah. Just, I try to add that extra week or, you know, if I can go longer more and there your flights paid for. Yeah. And, you know. You just gotta you look can, after you yourself for that week and good yeah, yeah. to go. Yeah. Wow, man! Yeah. So how did how did you get the Yanni? Oh, gig? so this is this is how I got the Yanni gig. I was doing a uh, a Brazilian gig actually. Yeah. At uh, the, they used to have three baked potatoes in town, in in L.A. There was one in Hollywood. There was one in there still is one in North Hollywood or yep. Studio City, and there was one in Pasadena. So I was doing the Pasadena one with uh, Ricky Pantoja. Hiki Pantoja. He's a great Brazilian keyboardist. He used to be MD for uh, Dijavan and, you know, did Milton and yep. all, all, all these great. Anyway, I was on a gig. Danny Reyes was a percussionist on the gig. And uh, he was on the gig, or on, Yanni. on the Yanni gig. And Rick Fierbracci, the bassist, came out to hear us. And I just happened to hear him on the break talking about some audition. I said, what, what, you know, what, what's going on, right? Because no, everybody's hush-hush here. It's really hard <laughs> yeah. to find out about, you know, bigger, you know, paying gigs. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I said, hey, man, you know, just, uh, what's going on? And I kind of put it together. I said, dude, is Yanni, uh, Yanni looking for a drummer? And they looked at each other and said, Oh man, you don't want this gig. <laughs> and I was like, "What are you talking about? This, it pays, right?" He said, "Yeah, but no, nah, man, you, you, it's, you know, the right cat fact. You know, I'm like, well, how do you know? Why don't you let me, you know, whatever?" So I kind of like musically, they didn't think you. Were <coughs> yeah, musically, they they thought that I wouldn't dig it. You were too fiery for it, or yeah, just you know, yeah. whatever that I would like. What did what, you guys get me into? Anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. So a bunch of us aud auditioned. They hired somebody else for a, a week or two. 
But they taped all the auditions, and all the auditions were with Click. Yeah. And I can play the shit out of the Click. And so about two weeks later, they call back and says, you know what, Yanni's list, Yanni was wondering if you uh, would like to do the gig. The guy that they hired is kind of in and out with the Click. Uh, we were listening to your tape, and you were nailing it. So yeah. do you want to do it? So, you know, it was kind of like a trial. Right. Like it, like it, you know. Okay, well, we'll see how he he likes you. So after like ten days or so, then he said, "Yeah, you're, you know, you're the guy." So, and the the one great thing about Yanni is he really is meticulous. He hires the right people. Right. It was a great man. It was Rick Fiorabracci, Karen Briggs, Pedro Stausch, a woodwind player who you know does a ton of movie sessions, Ramon Stagnaro. You know Ramon, right? Sure. Session guy, uh, Latin guy. And it was really a great band, Mean Freeman and the orchestra. And they're all, wow. you know, great studio players in, in their own right. Yeah. So he really, that's his forte right. to, to me. He, he puts the right people together. And, and he's real meticulous, man. We rehearsed our butts off. Wow. It's like, and, and he would go back... After eight days or eight hours a day of rehearsing for like six months, every night he would go and check those tapes out. Oh damn! And then he would come in with notes. Joel, you know, can you try this? But Karen, can you do this? Blah blah blah. Wow! And it was it was pretty. That I, I was actually really impressed. Yeah, he's yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty intense. Uh, musically, the songs. <laughs> right. He he wrote some. There, there's a few killer tunes that he he wrote that are like, damn, how the fuck did you come up with this shit? Right, yeah. Because then there's some other shit that's like, oh my <laughs> god, are you kidding me? It's like two two chord, you know, stuff. But wow. But you know, he's got everybody's got their thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Well, you know, he became he became a world sensation there for a while, right? Overnight. I mean, fuck. on on the Oprah Winfrey show. That's really. That's how it happened for him. Damn. Yeah. He sold, I forgot the number. It was in the, I think it was about 120,000 records the very next day that the housewives turned on Oprah and wow. were watching. I'm doing, I'm doing the old TV instead <laughs> <laughs> of the remote. This is like pre-remote. Right. Yeah. You know, because it was back then. Yeah. Although yeah. we had remotes back then. But. <clears throat> um, so yeah, because he was he got the Oprah endorsement through Linda Evans. Oh, okay. Because Linda oh, was, was was his girlfriend. That's right. I forgot. That they were an cool. item for a long time. Yeah. And she introduced him to the housewives of the world, and the very next day, one hundred twenty grand or one hundred twenty albums, thousand albums. Just wow. then, I mean. And that's when, back then. That is huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. especially in one day. Come on, man. Right? That's that's an album. That's yeah. not a tune. That's no. not one download no, of a tune. This is the whole album. That's and then insane. the the, uh, the the DVDs that we did, those were the biggest selling at the time. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm sure something. I mean, it was a huge production, wasn't it? Like, huge. Yeah. Like I said, you know, we had 60 crew with us. It was unbelievable. When we went to India, they went. They. The crew went like three months oh, fuck. ahead of us, right? <laughs> and they, I swear to God, like we couldn't set up right on the Taj Mahal grounds. Right. There's a river in between, yeah. right? It's, um, I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, 
But anyway, it's like <clears throat> they had to build a government bridge, the, the pontoon bridges. Our crews built those bridges. No, and, and it's like there's wild dogs all over India, right? Yep. So all the wild dogs on the other side of the river had never met the dogs <laughs> on the Taj Mahal <laughs> side. So it was like hump fest the whole, oh, the wow. whole time. It's like, oh my God, this is a new girls over here. Yeah. So it was like this crazy shit. Anyway, it was, it was crazy. Damn. Yeah. So but wow. uh, it, was, it, was a, it was really a first class production yeah i gotta i gotta hand it in to him damn is over your career what's what's some other gigs that really stood out that you just like this is insane uh well in, in different i mean musically alan holdsworth is, yeah. is was my probably favorite gig yeah how long were you with alan for on and off for eight years yeah or i'm sorry 10 years yeah uh i started in 94 yeah uh Chad Wackerman had moved to Australia. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and uh, Alan was doing a clinic at MI, Musicians Institute. Yeah. And uh, I'd been playing some classes with Jeff there and playing in Jeff Berlin's band. Right. And uh, Jeff called me up. He goes, hey, you want to do a clinic with Alan and I? <laughs> I go, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to do a clinic with yeah. Alan. I said, what are we going to play? He said, nah, we're just going to, we'll just play. You know, we'll just make the shit up, which uh -huh. Alan used to love to do. Yeah. But then we got, of course, we got to uh, uh, the uh, sound check, and Jeff goes, oh, we'll, we'll do Water on the Brain, too, which I'd never played, right, right. which is a bitch of a tune. Yeah. It's got a lot of odd, odd meters and stuff. But I'd heard it, you know, obviously, because I was an Alan fan. Um, but Jeff wrote it out right there. I think I still have the chart, wow. his handwriting. So he's, okay, yep. here it is. And thank God I played classical trumpet all those years as a good reader so i yeah. read it and was like yeah got it all right there you go so after basically we did the clinic we we did we might have played a maybe one other tune of his maybe protocosmos I, I i can't remember yeah but we definitely played water on the brain and then we did uh we hung out at the pig and whistle afterwards oh, that's the hang <laughs> and that was that was that was, that, it. That was it he said oh man i love your plan and uh, he said, give me your number. And a couple of days later, he called up and said, you know, Chad is, has gone down under. So do you, uh, would you like to, you know, I want to start a trio in, in town. I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, okay, who do you want on bass? And I go, Dave Carpenter. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. So Dave and I did it together for, I don't know, four or five years. Well, no, well, at first, sorry. Yeah. At first, it was a couple of years, and then I did the Yanni gig. Yep. Dave kept doing it, and then I came back, came back, did another three years or so. Right. And then, uh, then Dave, I think, got Herbie's gig, and he couldn't, couldn't go out. So I got Ernest on a gig, mm -hmm. Ernest Tibbs. Yeah. So that was it. But I also played, like, the, the very first gig I did was a uh, uh, quintet, and it was his old, you know, with Steve Hunt, the great keyboardist from, from Boston. And uh, Scully Sverson is a bass player from uh, Iceland right. that lives in New York. Yep. That was the first, the actual first gig I did. And I always, always remember on the break, we didn't have cell phones then, so I, you know, called in, called my uh, wife, Rekha, and I said, you know, oh, yeah, it's great, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I get a tap on the shoulder as I'm on the, on the payphone, Rick Okasik. 
<laughs> he was at the show and he said, Love your plane, mate. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, the cars. Are you kidding me? Because yeah. I was just, you know, I'd wow. love. Like I said, I, yeah. I love rock and roll and yep, yep. everything. Everything. So, so it really, that was that was a cool. That was a great gig. How was Alan? I we come so <coughs> close to getting Alan on the show. Oh Unfortunately, man. we so, we were trying to organize it, and we were going to go down and see him, and then interviewing and hanging right at, at the gig. Oh, and, that would have been great. And it didn't work out. But not that I know Alan at all. But he seemed to me he definitely would. He'd love to hang and he would have loved drink. this show. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's, we, he's, he's a great guy. We had, we've got so many Alan Holdsworth fans, of course. Oh, um, of course. But, yeah, I'm sure you've got some great Alan stories. I have some great Alan stories. Uh, stories. A lot of them... <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> a lot of them are sad. Oh, no. They're, oh. they're sad. They, they're sad to me. Just And, yeah, so... But he'd he love a point. Well, oh, absolutely. Right. We used to have mega pints together. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, let me grab some more uh, yeah, man, go for it. ice. Yeah, I'd get, I'll, t- I'll tell you one. You another one of those, Troy? Yeah, Whoops, mate. sorry. Same one time one, Same we're, one for Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. One time we were in Rome. We yeah. were doing... Uh, it's a place we used to play. Ah, Little Mamas, Big Mamas, Big, Big Mamas. Mama. Yeah, I played there. Right? Much, yeah. Trastevere. Yeah. You, you got it. Yeah. Take some more. Um. So we're doing uh, doing Little Mamas, Big Mama, Big Mamas. God. And um, I don't know what happened, but we ended up hanging. Super late at after the gig, and uh, Carp and I, it was, you know, back in the early days, so Carp was on a gig, and we were hanging with him, and we left him about 3 a.m., right. and he was still there, and he didn't want to come back to the hotel. I said, all right. So he comes back, and I'm just about falling asleep. I'm right across the hallway from him, and I hear this commotion, blah, 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 blah. Oh, shit! I'm like, what the fuck? So I ran over there, and I knock on Alan's door. Said, oh, I said, you got to help me. So I, I go in there. He had fallen on the bidet. He, oh, and he, Alan's a big dude, right? Right. He says, put me on the bed. He, he's too fucked up to get on the bed. <laughs> so I'm trying to lift him on the bed. I, I just, you know, feet first, yep. head first. I did, I, there's no way I could do it by myself. And I don't know, at that point, I should have gone to get carp i don't know why i didn't but anyway so so he's laying there he said oh fuck i think i cracked a rib or something i said oh shit you know we should get that looked into he said, well yeah, but just just let me you know just let me sleep so i made him a bed basically on the floor next to next <laughs> right. to his bed right yeah. and in the morning he's like got excruciating pain oh, of so course we're like okay right. dude Man. we're taking you to the hospital we get to the hospital. We luckily we had that day off. It was right near the end of the tour. I think we had we had two more dates up in uh, either Norway or Sweden or maybe both. You know, up up that way. So um, we took the hospital. The doctors X-rayed him. Said, "Yep, you broke seven ribs." Fuck. 
seven ribs. We had two more dates to do, right? Shit. That and Alan's just like, oh, fuck, you know. And there's nothing you can do. You can't no, you put can't, it in the cast. You can't. You do. can just kind of tape it up and. Right. You know, yeah, every, give some every, meds. every breath, every cough, yep. every sneeze, oh, every fuck. laugh. So seven, dude, seven. <laughs> it breaks fucking seven. Dude, it seven was, ribs on I the shit. I felt so <laughs> bad, man. I'm like, whoa, what are we gonna? Anyway, so so he stays overnight, but he couldn't get his own private room, so he's with his old geezer that <clears throat> kept saying he keeps saying the whole night. Agua perfor. <laughs> Ah, uh, senor, senor, aqua perf, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, water, please, please, water, please, water, please. And so Alan's like, you know, nurse, nurse, give him some water. I said, no, we can't have water. He's going to an operation. Oh, right. He can't have it, yeah. right? So this guy's driving him nuts, right? <laughs> so somewhere in the middle of the fucking night, Alan get, walks out, takes the IV or whatever, you know, and walks out of the whole hospital. Oh. We wake up in the morning, Alan's nowhere. We're like, he's not at the hospital, he's not at the hotel. We're going like, what the hell happened to Alan? So we spent half the day trying to find Alan. Finally shows up at the hotel, it's like, you know, of course, this is pre-cell phones again, yeah, you know, yeah, otherwise yeah. it would have been much easier. Anyway, so we got him, said, yeah, I couldn't, then he tells a story about yeah. the, the, the Agua. So, so we had to fly either that night or the next day. So we fly in, and, and on the plane, you could see him. It's like, it's really like the, the higher we're getting, the you know, the more pain he's yeah, in. Yep. So luckily, I don't know what kind of pain meds he had, but he was, you know, taking them. So we do the next day. So I think it was Nefertiti and uh, where's the other place over there? It's a place in Stockholm. Oh, sure. Um, anyway, we do the last two dates. I think I, I might have stayed there. I think I stayed there, but Alan came back. He he got back home and he went immediately to the hospital here. Yep. And they x-rayed and then they did an MRI or whatever. I said, you know what, Mr. Holdsworth, you're really lucky to be alive. Fuck. I said, why is that? He said, you have a collapsed lung. Oh, shit. That's, his, that's, his lung. That's what happened. Pun, oh, not a, not a collapse, punctured. but it was punctured. Yeah. Wow. He said, it could have collapsed. You could have died. Damn. He said, it was punctured. And they didn't see it over there, so it was yeah. like, so on top of that, it was like, well, it oh my! It could have happened too when he was walking around because <clears throat> that's true. ribs can be sharp, you know. Yeah, that's true too. Fuck. Yeah, so he had a punctured lung. That thing could have exploded. Thank God it didn't. But yeah. I can't imagine the pain, man. And he played his ass off those last two shows. Wow. Like you, you know, if you weren't, if you were in the audience, you'd never know. Yeah, yeah. it was. Well, that's what that was, Alan. He would just like go through anything. So, come on, man. He always had bad luck. I always uh, just, you know, and a lot of it, a lot of it, self-inflicted. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but still, just like the worst timing of, because <laughs> he's like the greatest, you know, one of yeah. the greatest guitar players ever. Was yeah. Greatest timing, but for that kind of shit, for shit to go wrong, it was. Right. I always felt. Was he kind of guy that we did you guys rehearse a lot or wasn't a lot mm -hmm. of rehearsals? Rarely. Yeah. First time we rehearsed, uh, we went down to. Uh, he used to live in uh, Mar Vista, mm -hmm. but not not the Mar Vista here. There was a Mar Vista down down by San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, yeah. And he lived in one of those dome houses. Yeah. And then he had the 
the room out back, you know, which we recorded a couple albums there, I believe. Right. It was long and skinny, kind of narrow, kind of actually very similar to this place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we rehearsed there. Copper and I would drive down, you know, like before tours, we'd, we'd go down, do afternoon or rehearsal or night, and then a whole night of drinking <laughs> <laughs> in the laundry room. <laughs> and, he, you know, he made his, his fizz buster, and so he was totally a beer connoisseur. Yeah, you know, that's which right. I, yep. I, I didn't know what a, I, I didn't know that existed. Wow. It was like before the microbreweries, right. you know. So he was, or, he was brewing his own stuff. He was brewing his own stuff, yeah. and, he, and he designed this thing with a friend of his called the fizz buster. And the one thing that I don't like about beers, I love ales and, you know, you know IPAs, whatever, but some of the stuff, it, it's too fizzy for yeah, me, and yep. it hurts my stomach. Yeah. Well, he got this thing where what would take out the bubbles and and make it like, you know, a, a pour with a big head on it and super smooth, like almost, the English ales. Right, yeah. almost like right? a Guinness. Yeah, like yeah, exactly or like Boddington's. a Guinness. Wow. Or Boddington's. And that's my favorite drink to this day. Actually, I miss, I mix, well, when I drink, you know, beer, yeah. I, I drink half Boddington's, half Guinness. That's my. Oh, that that's my thing because it, it yeah, it's you know, black and tan with but with it Boddingtons, is, right? But with Boddingtons instead, because they have the same fizz it's, factor. It's cream. It's yeah. cream. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a fucking it's, dessert. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's great. Yeah. And well, so. Since I haven't had a Boddington. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So we, you know, yeah, but we did. We didn't. We used to rehearse a lot. You yeah. know, we none of us really. We all hate rehearsing. Right. Yeah. Carp hated rehearsing. I hated rehearsing. I was like. Dude, if you you know if you do your homework, right, and and uh, you show up with your ears wide wide open on the gig, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine, yeah. You Amen. Know. Amen. Yeah. Yep. The main thing is. I mean, rehearsing have, is fun if you're just blowing, you know, <coughs> just hanging out yeah, playing. Right. Sure. But rehearsing, rehearsing is. Yeah, you know. You just, what, are you, what are you working out? What you're gonna do on the gig? You know, you're gonna make it up when you get there. So why the fuck are you working exactly. it out now? Unless, unless you're of the mindset. Well, you're gonna play it the same shit, it the same right, right. way every night, show. which Alan hated, right. and you know would never want anybody to play musician. like that because he's right. really yeah, yeah. He's a jazz musician. 